This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to Wrestling with Faith, a Beautiful Feet Entertainment podcast where we discuss professional wrestling from a Christian point of view. My name is Anthony, and in this podcast, we're going to be talking about everything that we can professional wrestling. But first, let me tell you what we will not talk about. We're not going to be here to disrespect the art of professional wrestling. We're not going to sit here and just dissect storyline after storyline, while we will be talking about the different things that the the, uh, wrestling world has to offer. We're not here just to hate on professional wrestling. That is not this type of podcast. We're not here to look at it from a a right or wrong perspective. We're looking at storylines. We're looking at the art of storytelling within the wrestling world. And that's what I love about professional wrestling. I love the fact that you can watch a show, whether it's Raw, whether it's SmackDown, whether it's Ring of Honor, whether it's AEW, New Japan, whatever you're into, you could sit down, you could watch it, and you could truly get immersed in the culture of the stories and just the art that it takes. I love the acrobats of it all, right? I love the the fact that these men and these women are putting their bodies on the line just to tell a good story. And that's one of the things we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on what happens when, when they're not in the ring. What happens outside the ring. That's, that's another thing that I love. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing in this new podcast is we're really going to be talking about books that we read about professional wrestling. And we're going to look at those books strictly from... Um, what they say, we're going to take them for what they are, almost like a almost like a book club in a certain fe- effect. And when we do that, I do encourage you to read the book. You can find many of them on Audible, um, because that's how I read a lot of books. And this is going to be a fantastic podcast. This is episode one. This is strictly the introduction. So let me introduce myself. My name is Anthony. I grew up a professional wrestling fan. I grew up watching, um, I was born in the end of the 80s, so I remember seeing, you know, um, Hulk Hogan, seeing, um, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels, seeing a little bit of, like, The Ultimate Warrior. I saw some of that. When I really fell in love with professional wrestling was in the 90s. And we're not even speaking on the Attitude Era I'm going before that. I'm talking about the one, two, three kid who later became Xbox. I'm talking about Yokozuna, right? Um, I'm speaking about um, later on the Undertaker, and I'm talking about purple gloved Undertaker, gray gloves Undertaker, like that time. So we're gonna talk about that as well, and then. Here's the thing. So I watched wrestling from the time I was a child all the way roughly till about high school. 
to the end, when I when I graduated high school, I really took a break from professional wrestling. And the only reason I did was because when you go to college, um, at least the college that I went to, there wasn't a whole lot of cable, right? So you had like a few channels that you got for free, and I wasn't, I didn't have the money to spend on cable or any way of watching wrestling because they didn't really broadcast over, you know, the internet like they do now. Um, so I really fell away from wrestling for a number of years. Had no idea the storylines that were going on. And man, I missed some great storylines. So, um, yeah, that's when that's when I really stopped watching wrestling. And I didn't keep up with any of it uh, until my friend, Travis, who will be on this podcast eventually, um, he actually, he introduced me to wrestling again. And in that, I fell in love with it all over again. And here's how that happened. Travis and I actually met through um, a friend. So we had a friend in common. And my friend, who, again, his name's Herbert. He will be on the wrestling podcast as well at one point in time. Um, So we got to that point where I was hanging out with Herbert. Herbert knew Travis. Travis invited, oh, sorry, Herbert invited me over to Travis's house to watch WrestleMania. WrestleMania is WWE's biggest, biggest show of the year. I'd never at this point never seen any WrestleMania because I never had the money to watch them. I never had the money to pay for them. And to be honest with you, my family saw more value in paying for other things than paying for professional wrestling. And to be honest with you, I understand. But man, and at this point, I had not seen wrestling in, I'm going to at least say, five years. Probably more about seven, okay, at this point. But we're going to go around five years. And from that, I didn't know any of the storylines. But the minute I saw the stadium at WrestleMania, I was hooked. I caught on very quickly because some of the some of the stuff that I had missed over the years uh, had had oozed so much into popular culture I actually knew more about it than I expected and boy did my love for professional wrestling spark all over again and I started watching as much as I could from Raw to Smackdown eventually Travis and I started watching NXT together Now I watch AEW, I try to keep up with uh, Ring of Honor, I try to keep up with, uh, um, at one point in time I was really liking um, Lucha Underground, I really loved Lucha Underground, unfortunately I don't see that on TV as much anymore, so there's that. Um, So that's my background in professional wrestling, okay, now why we're looking at this from a Christian perspective? Well, looking at it from a Christian perspective, one, because I'm a Christian. So I, 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 I choose to look at life through this Christian perspective. Now, what does that mean, right? Like, does that mean I'm going to censor everything and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold everything up to a moral standard that it's not, not asked to be held up to? No. We are going to talk about female wrestlers. We will not, we will not 
we will not objectify them sexually. We will not do that. We're going to talk about them from a um, from a storyline standpoint. We're going to talk about their skill in the ring or their skill on the mic. We're going to talk about the results of their matches. As the same way, we're not going to sexually objectify the men in their storylines. That's not the purpose of this podcast. Um, what we are going to do, like I said, we're just going to share our love for professional wrestling. We're going to talk about the books that we've been reading. Travis and I are both um, avid, like, I, I want to say readers, but we get our books from Audible. So please go to audible.com um, and download some books. And we'll do like a book club once in a while. Heck, at some point in time, we might just pick a random pay-per-view and talk about it. So, I do not come here expecting, you know, hey, this Monday on Raw, here's what happened. This Tuesday on SmackDown, this is what happened. Uh, you know, not SmackDown, sorry, SmackDown's later in the week. But, here's what happened on NXT. We're not going to be doing that either. We will talk about it. And the other aspect of this podcast... It's simply going to be this, right? It's simply going to be talking about outside of the ring. I'm a huge fan of, of like outside of the ring, right? Of the person who plays the character that you see on TV. And when I find out that some of these men, some of these women are Christian or have gone through some serious struggle in their life, we might talk about that. And we're not talking about it to glorify that person. We're not talking about it to glorify that struggle. And we're not talking about it to mock them either. We're talking about it so that we can relate and hopefully push forward with whatever it is that we are facing in our lives. And in that, we want to encourage people. I want to encourage people. I will be the host of the podcast, and I would love for people who um, want to hear the podcast who want to be a part of the podcast, message me. You could um, you could hit me up at WrestleFaith uh, on Instagram and Twitter or WrestlingWithFaith on Instagram and Twitter. WrestleFaith at gmail.com. You can always email me there. I'm, I have these set up already because I want everybody to be able to communicate with me directly. And you know what? If we get some mail, we get some feedback, I'm willing to read that feedback on the air. I'm willing to put that into the podcast. Because I really want this to be a community of people. I think it's going to be a great show. This is just the introduction episode. Now, with that introduction, we would, we've talked about what we, what we will talk about. We've spoken on things that we will not talk about. I've given you brief introductions of who I am. Let's talk about professional wrestling. So, I'm just going to start with some of my favorites. Some of my favorite wrestlers, some of my favorite storylines, favorite promotions, things like that. First and foremost, WWE is always going to be one of my favorites. Um... Because again, it's 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 been it's been been a part of my life for so long. It's been a staple of my life for so long. So, um, and in that, some of my favorite wrestlers, I've already mentioned the Undertaker. 
literally one of my, literally my favorite wrestler of all time. Definitely my favorite character of all time. Kane will definitely be up there too, but I'm talking about like early Kane. I'm a big fan of early Kane, seeing just the monster. Didn't speak, uh, kind of a a Michael Myers-esque character. Great character. Some of my all-time favorites, I mean, The Rock, definitely an all-time favorite. Favorite tag team from back in my childhood was the Hardy Boys. Uh, I later on became more of a fan of like, not more of a fan, but I became a fan of Edge and Christian. Solely because Edge was, was, he was great at expressing himself like in the face. And to me, that's a big storytelling thing. Like that's a huge thing. Um, Lita was another one of my favorite. Uh, at the time, they were called Divas. Uh, they're not anymore. So, yeah. She was just, man, she she stood up to every male in the ring. Like, in the ring, she could do anything you could imagine. And again, she wasn't just a pretty face. And that I respected simply because, yes, I was going through my adolescence. So, yes, I, lo- I, I loved to see... The women in like the blonde panty matches and things at that time. But I don't watch those now. I'm not looking back on those now with fond memories. There are very few wrestlers who look back on the blonde panty stages of wrestling as a good time in women's wrestling history. So when you see someone like Lita, who at that time wasn't a blonde panties wrestler, she was over the top, high impact, like you know, um, flying vessel. Like she, she was jumping off the top rope, doing some stuff that I couldn't even have imagined at the time. It's an amazing thing to see that. So she's definitely up there, uh, as some of my favorites. Um, nowadays you have like Johnny Gargano. I love watching his matches. He's an amazing in-ring talent. Um, from NXT, you've got, um, Alistair Black, such a crazy, fun, dark character. Um, everything Bray Wyatt is doing is like genius. Everything from The Fiend to the Firefly Funhouse and all this stuff that's going on. Um, Britt Baker from AEW, amazing. Like, um, I'm recording this before Double or Nothing. I hope she wins that title. Um, because I would love to see her as the face of, of women's wrestling at AEW. Um, I'm becoming a fan of I'm becoming a fan of the Young Bucks. Truth be told, I wasn't a fan of the Young Bucks when AEW started, um, but I didn't know anything about them. Um, even though we live in the world where the internet runs rampant, and I could literally search up any professional wrestling I want, even the Indies, I. For the sake of time, I tend to stay away from the indies. Um, except for recently, like I said, I've been really diving into like re re um, introducing myself to Ring of Honor, um, and then there's a few other little places that I'm just getting small updates of, of indie wrestling. So I don't know so much about the indies. Um, so when the Young Bucks came up, and I was like, okay, I don't really know who they are. I wasn't a huge fan at first, but man, I'm a fan. I'm enjoying their work, especially now that they're heels. It's really a lot of fun. Um, Let's see. Who else would be 
be in that line. Um, Cody Rhodes, I've been a fan of Cody Rhodes since he was in WWE because I saw his commitment, right? Even though you could see, like, he would talk about um, outside of character that he was not happy with everything WWE had him doing, he um, he played his, his character Stardust very well, and he was great in the ring, and he, had, he told great stories uh, at the time that he was in WWE toward the tail end of his career there. Um, and to see him flourishing in AEW and and really just working through, like I I love it because of that. Um, let's see who else am I a fan of? Um, Tay Conti, I think WWE dropped the ball on Tay Conti. Um, now she's with AEW and it's well deserved. She's doing great there. Um, so I'm excited to see what they have in store for her. Um, yeah, this is, you know. And then, you know, so, yeah, but and some of my favorite storylines. Let's go there. Some of my favorite storylines. Um, again, let's see. The Undertaker and Kane stuff from, from, like, early on. You know, before the Brothers of Destruction. Let's go early on when they were, like, surprising Undertaker with Kane's even existence. Like, that was an amazing story. That was so well put together. Um, you've got just um, Mick Foley's story of who mankind is. And, and later on, you know, creating Cactus Jack. Not creating Cactus Jack, but like bringing Cactus Jack to WWE. Um, and then creating Dude Love. That was so much fun to see the faces of Foley. That was a lot of fun. Um WCW um, creating NWO, fantastic! Like the early, early uh, integration of that was so much fun to see. And again, I didn't watch a lot of WCW at that time. I've gone back and watched a lot of it, um, which is where I understand it from. But man, to see that they just took two wrestlers who were recognizable on WWE uh, at that time, WWF. Um, and then they brought them to WCW and they were like, hey, we don't know who these guys are. They're just invading. They're just running rampant. And then to find out who they are, it was it was great storytelling. Um, going into NXT, Ciampa and Gargano, they can do no wrong. They've had multiple matches together where they've headlined like takeovers. It was amazing. So well put together. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for those type of matches that tell a really good story. And that's why, um, again, going into AEW, AEW is brand new. It's only been around for like two years. Um, but they've told some good stories. None of them have been like, in my opinion, none of them have been spectacular. I think the best one that they've told so far is, um, honestly, is Britt Baker. I think her story with, with Sheeta and for the for the woman's title um, over the past year has been so well put together despite injuries and despite different events that have gone on. It's been so well told. Um, so and here's my thing with, with you know with AEW. Like to me, I'm becoming more of a of, of a fan with AEW simply because I see the heart that so many people have in the ring and to me that's a big thing 
if you see people who are not putting their heart into it, it it's hard to really to really back them up, but they're putting their heart into it. Um, yeah. So what do you guys think? Like what are, what are some of your thoughts on this podcast, the concept of it? Um, what is your process, like what is your thought process when it comes to AEW, NXT, um, WWE? Are you a fan of professional wrestling? Are you not? Are you a Christian and jumping into this? Like, I want to hear from you. So, like I said, you could hit me up at um, on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleFaith on Twitter, Wrestling with Faith um, on Instagram, or WrestleFaith at gmail.com. You could always hit me up on both of those. You could always go to beautifulfeetentertainment.com because we partner with them and the Beautiful Feet podcast, um, you know, to bring you this podcast. So go there to, to show support. Um, it's going to be a fun podcast, guys. I, I truly am getting ready to put my heart into this podcast because I think these are conversations that I really want to have. Uh, and they don't necessarily fit in with the Beautiful Feet podcast. So here's the platform for it. It's professional wrestling from a Christian perspective. We're not here to hate. We're not here to discriminate. We're just going to love professional wrestling. And we're going to just just enjoy it. And like I said, some days we'll focus on books that we've read. Some days we'll focus just on a pay-per-view. Some days it's just going to be about a particular wrestler. So I'm excited for this podcast. I think it's going to be a great podcast. I hope you guys are excited to come along the ride with me and to enjoy what I have to put out. Um, And feel free to give me any feedback you like. But for now, we're going to go ahead and stop here. Um, And we're going to go ahead and move back to the Beautiful Feet podcast where we're going to go over Revelations chapter 1. And yeah, so I'm excited Please uh, feel free to share this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, and just enjoy some professional wrestling conversations. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is the Porcelain Podcast, where we're going to go ahead and jump into scripture. Um, So what we're going to ask you to do is to read along with us, because we're only going to go over bits and pieces of each chapter. Last week, we finished John, right? Yes, with John chapter 21. Yeah, so we finished John chapter 21. We're going to kind of stick with John the writer, and we're going to go into Revelation. So let's go over some background over Revelation. Since we haven't had a chapter yet, what's going on in Revelation? Well, we know that the book of Revelation was written a considerable amount of years after Jesus has passed away. Yes. I have, it was written um, about 90 to 95 years after he had passed away. So we know that John, it is safe to assume, is no longer a younger man at this point. No. At this point, he's actually, at the time of writing this book, or the book of Revelation, um, they've actually like the 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 roman government has tried to kill him multiple times unsuccessfully and they really they were trying to get him to quit preaching the gospel right so Mm -hmm. 
they really, they honestly just abandoned him on an island named Patmos. Now, in looking into Revelation, honestly, it has not always been my favorite book ever. No. I just feel like sometimes as you're going along, the imagery gets a little wacky or scary to deal with. But in the first chapter, like, I mean, yeah, there are some weird things, but it's not all weird. No. So, well, and, and so I, you know, I have a study Bible. You have a study Bible. I was looking into the notes of our study Bible, and um, it was talking about how, like, if you don't understand the imagery... It's okay, because even John, who wrote the book, didn't understand the imagery. Well, and we also found some references to the book of Daniel that were like a, a handy guide for cross-referencing as well. Yeah. Because Daniel is also um, a person in the Bible who was subject to having like these, uh, what we would think of as dreams and visions. Yeah. So, and that's what this revelation is about. It's about um, a, a vision that John has about Jesus. Again, nearly a hundred years after Jesus had already been crucified, risen from the dead, uh, he has this revelation about him. So, is it really one hundred though? Because I said in, about in the way that they would do time. Jesus's death, quote unquote, was like. 30 AD. If this was 95 AD, that'd be like 60 years. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I just know it was written it was, it's claimed to be written around 90 to 95 AD. So. Let's jump into the chapter. Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> She oh. may not sound super excited, but it, it's it's awesome. It's going to be good. One thing for me, I always get like John, the author of John slash the book of Revelation, and John the Baptist completely confused. So just to clarify, yeah, this is not John the Baptist who is writing this book. This is written by John, who was the disciple of Jesus, who wrote the book of John, as well as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Right, I don't so, have a tab in... You didn't tab? I did not tab yet. Here, what? I can though. I have like a bigger tabby that I use to keep track of, hey, this is where we actually Most are. Most people so. call it a bookmark, but a you know... A bookmark. I have a bookmark. A tabby. <laughs> anyway. So, John starts off this book with a little bit of an introduction, a little bit of a prologue. And that's where he lets us know that there was an angel that was sent to him. I don't know. There is just a lot going on here. Okay. Do you want to... Let's look into that. Well, I think it's important to note that, remember from the frame of reference of the disciples... They really thought that Jesus, during his lifetime, was going to bring about an earthly kingdom and some sort of earthly change. But because Jesus is talking about a heavenly kingdom, I feel like that mindset of Jesus returning 
fairly soon, like within the disciples' lifetime, yeah. has now been embedded into the thought process of the people who were a part of the early church. Because John talks about the fact, um, he says, of what soon, what must soon take place. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that John, when he was writing this book or receiving this revelation, could have anticipated that history would have continued for another 2,000 years after that point. Yeah, and, and I can completely understand, because if I would have had this vision that we're going to be going through over the next uh, many, many weeks, um, and all the different things that he talks about, I would have assumed, or I would have made the assumption as well, that it's going to happen sooner rather than later as well. So a part of this chapter... And, I mean, honestly, for chapters 1, 2, and 3, we're going to be looking at seven different geographical locations throughout what is referred to in the text as Asia Minor. But research has indicated that it's actually cities in modern-day Turkey. Yeah. And each one of these different cities has a church um, that they're going to receive this letter. So basically, John wrote this as a letter that would be passed and read from church to church to church. Because again, they didn't have like printing presses, right? They didn't have internet blogs. So they had to get the word out there any way that they could. So that's what they would do. They would send these letters to a specific church. The church members would read the, the letter, learn what they needed to from it, and pass it to the next church. And what were the churches that they're talking to? Sorry, the cat is literally just trying to be right next to me right now. Okay. So the churches that we're going to see mentioned, uh, that comes to us from John chapter, or John, (laughs) from Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And like we've said, we've researched these these different churches. They're all in modern-day Turkey. Even though it says Asia, that's that was the name they referred to it as. It's, it's currently modern-day Turkey. And they're all of them are 20-ish miles away from each other. Yeah, it's pretty, like about pretty 15 close, so. 15 to 20 miles away from each other. Uh, and remember, um, John is actually on an island in the middle of like the, the Aegean o- Sea. The Aegean Sea. Did, did we ever check to see what that would be called now? I think it still has the same name. Babe. Does it? Okay. <laughs> I'm horrible with geography. Okay, so now this is the verse that I wanted to point out, right? So he's writing this letter. Um, and in the prologue, I love this. I feel like we need to, we need to point this out. He says, uh, verse 3, Blessed is the one who, is, who reads this aloud. Read, let me try that again. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Because, of, because the time is near. Now, what that talks about, like, so it's saying, you know, if you're the one reading this at the church or, or to a group of people, you're going to be blessed. So are the people hearing it. 
And that goes for not only the churches at that time, but us today. Like God is still blessing us through the through these words. And I think that's important as we go through this book because we have to really think about it and remember the purpose as to why God, you know, Jesus is revealing this to John. Sorry, the cat is just like trying to meow along to our podcast here. Yeah, these cats are just won't leave us alone for this podcast. Well, they really enjoy when we, when the both of us happen to be home together. So yes, but we're working. We will give them plenty of cuddles, don't you worry. Yeah, I don't think the audience cares. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> so, let's talk about... Let's talk about the vision that, that that John begins to have. Well, before he has his vision, we see that he's talking and he mentions the seven spirits, which is another way to talk about the Holy Spirit. That's something else that we learned in our research this mm-hmm. week. Well, and you're going to hear, you're going to see the word seven a lot, like the seven churches, the seven spirits. The seven um, angels of the church, like that term, the the number seven indicates something that's complete or perfect. Because again, if you look even back in Genesis, it took seven days for everything to be created. Um, you know, this seven is just all over, and it all relates to creation. So, from Revelation chapter one, verse four through verse eight. We see John talking about Jesus, and we learn some of his different attributes. Remember how I loved the I am statements of Jesus in John? Here we go. We have another I am statement. Um, And it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now remember when Moses was with God and they were having their conversation by the burning bush about like who who should I say sent me God says I am that I am Mm -hmm. so this concept of the fact that God has always existed is currently existing and will always continue to exist is echoed now in this description of Jesus to remind us that Jesus is also 100% God. Well, and and when he says I am the Alpha and the Omega, that actually is um, the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. So he's saying, I am the beginning, I am the end, I am, I encompass everything that you have. Um, and what he also is saying here is like, you know, anything that we have that lasts for eternity comes from him. Right? So that's where we're going to put our, our hope and our trust. And, and that's really what this chapter is starting to do. It's starting to show Jesus' divinity after life. Because again, all this is after he leaves earth. So it, it really just shows like his life has continued. There's another phrase that it uses to describe Jesus as... Um, Hopefully I can find it, but it describes him as something to the effect of like being the firstborn of the dead. Yes. So, um, so that is from, 
Yeah, I believe so. So it so, says faithful. Who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth? So, and, and, and again, researching that phrase, it talks about um, many people have risen from the dead. But at some point in their life, they end up dying again, right? So Lazarus has died again. Everybody who one time was dead, rose from the dead, they would eventually die. Jesus does not. His life continues to live. Um, he has never died again after the resurrection. So with that being stated, it's showing that that's why they use that phrase, firstborn of the dead. He actually is still alive under that same, under that role. So I loved, I loved when, when that was when that was put out there because it, it's such a great imagery but speaking of imagery should we talk about when John sees Jesus before we do that I will go back to um, verse 7 it says look he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him so shall it be amen so what would be so this the, is going to be a reference to what we think of in the church world as the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's something we're still waiting on. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and and that's going to be one of those things. It's like I love the fact that it talks about you know everybody's going to see it, everybody's going to know that it happened. It's not going to be a hidden moment in history. It's going to be something we all see. Well, and with this verse, it also makes it seem like it's not going to be something that's exclusive to just people who are within the body of Christ. No. Well, and again, that just shows how, how the magnitude of it and how important that's going to be, right? Because it's going to easily show it as, well, if the whole world sees it, no one will be able to deny Jesus' divinity. So let's now go into John's vision of Christ because you had some wonderful notes in your study Bible with the explanations of the different attributes that he's going to mention. Okay, so I'm going to read the verse first so that we kind of get that image, right? Um, and I think with this book, we're going to be doing a lot of scripture reading. Whereas when we went over the book of John, so much of it has been taught that we could paraphrase. Mm -hmm. This is going to be different. I think we're going to have to actually pull from the scripture before we explain it. Um, in verse 12, John, John writes, I turned, uh, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And as I, as I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Um, and among the lampstands... It says, uh, give me a second. I hate when these pages stick together. Among the lampstands uh, was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with white, oh, sorry, with a golden sash around his chest, uh, with hair as, uh, with a hair on his head as white as wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet 
were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the, like the sound of rushing waters. And then, so let, let's talk about that image. So we have Jesus standing before him in a robe. It doesn't give a color to the robe, but traditionally we see it in a white robe. Uh, with a golden sash, white hair, eyes like fire. Okay, so we're going to focus on that. And bronze feet. You always forget about the feet. Well, because I don't have a note on the feet. But, yes, bronze feet. Uh, not only bronze feet, but bronze as if it's glowing in a furnace. So it's being refined. And I also like the fact that his voice sounds like rushing waters. So, like, in my imagination, I, I kind of picture it as the same effect that we get when someone is speaking through a microphone or, like, a bullhorn or just, like, hooked up to a sound system. Like, this is not a quiet interaction. No. I imagine uh, this could be very, very frightening for somebody who didn't expect it. So, now let's talk about these different things, right? So... Uh, let me find that note real quick. So it talks about uh, his white hair. Let's talk about that. It says his, his white hair indicates his wisdom and divine nature. And you can see that in Daniel um, chapter 7 verses 9. His blazing eyes symbolize ju symbolizes judgment of all evil. The golden sash around his chest reveals him as the high priest. Um, not only the high priest, but the high priest that goes to God's presence to obtain forgiveness of sins. So it's not just him being the high priest, but it's going that extra mile to be like, Look, I was the one who obtained forgiveness for the world. So it's, again, that divinity of Jesus. Um, well, and remember... In the Jewish tradition, the concept of the high priest was the person who was allowed to go into what is known as the Holy of Holies, so they were able to be in the presence of the Almighty God. So Jesus has taken on that mantle, and he is in God's presence, but also on our behalf, because the high priest, like, he would go before God on behalf of the Jewish people. Yeah, and I think this image of Jesus, uh, and it even mentions it in my notes, this forces us to reevaluate what we think of when we think of Jesus. Because I think a lot of times we think of like um, Jesus sitting with, you know, children or with like, animals around him and he's very peaceful mm -hmm. he's very kind and that is an aspect of who jesus is but this shows a victorious jesus he's victorious over death he's been victorious over obtaining sin he has wisdom uh that we can't even fathom or understand at this point um and then it goes farther actually because uh, it talks about in verse 16 in his right hand he held the six stars, which again represent the churches. Are there six or seven? Oh, sorry, seven. My apologies. Uh, and it says, Coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. That double-edged sword 
is the power of his message, right? So once again, people think of Jesus as like somebody who remained silent while he was facing, you know, execution. Um, but this is him speaking and that, but that, that message being so powerful that it's like a double-edged sword. So there's a symbol there. Well, and I thought it was interesting that it says that he holds the keys against my my bible says death and hades yes so i hadn't gotten to that yet oh sorry no no you go ahead that um i don't know i like that there's two separate keys like having victory over death is one thing but having victory over hell is also another thing as well absolutely and and and, and so and this kind of brings up the fact of like while that while jesus was dead what was his spirit doing, right? Like, I don't think it was resting peacefully. If he was able to get the keys uh, uh, and obtain the keys of death and Hades, that means he was fighting a battle in those three days that he was dead. Does that make sense? Well, and it makes it does make sense because the enemy, or Satan, has been against God and his people and every and anything that is good since the beginning of time so that must have been what we would think of as quite an epic battle yeah and so so john sees this jesus the jesus of victory like and he you know and this is jesus's reaction right jesus says to him in verse 17 Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am, I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I'm holding the keys of death and Hades. So that's where we get that. And then he gives him this mission. He goes, look, he says in verse 19, write, therefore, what you have seen, um, what is now and what will take place later the mystery of the seven stars that i sorry that you saw in my right hand and the the seven golden lampstands is this the seven stars are the angels of the of the churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches see i love 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 that he literally is like okay i realize this imagery might be a little difficult or different let me clear it up for you. Yeah. Like mystery solved. But uh, and, and and again, like this is such the amazing thing about Revelation is again we, when we go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is like the most common story of Jesus. Um, you also have Acts. Uh, you have bits and pieces of Paul's letters where he talks about seeing Jesus. This is the first time we see Jesus with this imagery mm-hmm. that I know of, that I can think of. Um, so often we think of, like I said, this very humble, very quiet Jesus. Um, we don't always think of what I'm going to keep calling victorious Jesus um, or, the, or you know, Jesus with victory because um, I don't know why we don't think of it. It just, I think it's because we we it's harder to understand oh yeah definitely um 
But I think that just comes from the fact that when Jesus was on Earth, I feel like our perception of him is more to lean towards his humanity yeah. and not always like, oh yeah. His divinity. His, yeah, exactly. But in this instance, there is no doubt of the divinity of Christ. Yes. And I think for this study, and the reason why I wanted to point out what he looks like, we have to focus on this Jesus. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You can't really focus on the humble Jesus, the quiet Jesus. That's not the Jesus we're encountering. That's not the Jesus that, that John encountered. We are encountering a whole different um, image of Jesus that we've ever seen before. And I think that's what's going to be so fun about going through this book. I don't expect us to fully understand the imagery mm-hmm. that we see. That's why we have study Bibles and different things where it's going to allow us a little bit more background. But to keep our eyes on this Jesus, I think it's going to allow us to deepen our faith and our understanding of of, of the victory we have in Jesus. Well, and... I feel like through our Bible study, we've learned that the God that we serve and who created us is very intentional. So I feel like the placement of Revelation at the end of the Bible to show this completion is by design. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. Once this story ends, obviously we can still revisit it. But um, as we're going to learn, we're going to continue to see this victorious Jesus and just all of the, the things that he is able to conquer. Absolutely. Um, so we, like I said, we ask that you read along with us, especially this book. Like, if you, if you have skipped Acts and John and you're like, I've read it before or I know the story, I understand I would 100% recommend reading this with us um, because last time I read it, I, I remember it's been a few years, but it gets dicey. It gets heavy as far as imagery. And I think if we read it, we'll be able to fully comprehend what's happening. So is there anything else we wanted to talk about? Before we go ahead and wrap this portion up. Uh, I do want to, if you could pull up the website that we found. Yeah. I do want to talk about that. We found this incredible resource. It's just called aboutjesus.org. We found an interactive map of the seven churches of Revelation. Yeah. And, it, and it, this website looks like it goes deep into like the life of Jesus, his miracles, his parables. It goes deep into a lot of different things Mm -hmm. so as you like to say we'll put it oh we'll have a link to it in our description below she looked at me like what are you talking about what do (laughs) i say um but yeah we'll put that in the link below that's it, it it's fun to play with so go ahead go in there uh, do some research. Have well, some I was fun. I was really pleased with the fact that it is an interactive map, and then I think all of the maps that They're are listed have like these little. It's like a little blurb about each city and why it was important, and 
the history major in me was just like, I just love this website. Yeah, it, it's pretty great. Um, so let's go ahead and, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and queue up our, our, you know, socials and all that, and then we'll pray and we'll put an end to the podcast. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we're going to go deep diving into this, um, so please read along with us. Follow along at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com, as well as Beautiful Feet Entertainment on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and, it, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great Bible study, as well as everything we have coming up, right? Because we have, mm-hmm. uh, right now, we're going to be going into, like, a summer of movie reviews. Yes. So. In June, we will kick it off. We're going to be taking the first three weeks of June to go and review the Mighty Ducks movies. Mm-hmm. And then in July, I believe, is when we are starting our um, our X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, uh, yeah, with that, would you mind going ahead and praying, and then we'll go from there? Perfect. Okay. Dear God, we thank you so much for this wonderful day. We thank you for the fact that your word is still alive for each and every one of us. And we thank you for the fact that we're going to be studying Revelation over the next weeks and months to come. That we can be learning all about this victorious Jesus. We thank you for the church in places where they are persecuted and it may be difficult to be a Christian. So we pray especially for our brothers and sisters in places where the gospel of Christ is still being spread to brand new people each and every day. We thank you for your word and the instruction that it's able to give us. It helps us with how we live our lives, how we treat the people around us, and just to be able to learn more about you. We thank you for John and for the fact that he was able to have this vision and share it with us um, so that we can gain a greater understanding of different events that have not yet come to pass. But we know that you delight in the fact that scripture is something that you've given us to learn about and to learn from. We thank you for this time that we've come to where um, it's a new season. Summer is arriving and we know that we will be blessed by the study that we will have during this summer as we move throughout this year, throughout 2021. We pray for people right now who are learning about Jesus for the very first time, that this could be an impactful study for them. As um, even Anthony and I, like we have been Christians and for quite a while have been learning about Christ, but I feel like God is going to take this time and this season to just allow our faith to grow and develop more as we study this Christ who has victory over death, who has victory over Hades, who can bring victory into our lives Mm -hmm. because that is something that as Christians we learn to walk in the victory of Christ. Which is not to say that we go about and around in an attitude of, oh, look what I can do. But Jesus calls us to live our lives with 
the um, the attitude of humility so we just pray that as we study revelation we will be able to humble ourselves and to open our hearts to the message that it is that we are going to be hearing throughout the next few weeks we thank you so much for our beautiful feet entertainment um, community for people who are listening to us close to home and also who may be a little bit farther away from us geographically but i'm so pleased that we have the podcast and we have the format to be able to connect with one another um this podcast is really fun for anthony and i to be able to produce and to research and i just hope that it is able to be a blessing to our listeners so we pray especially for them we pray that the people who are tuning in would be happy and that they would be healthy and that we can all just stay safe together we thank you for the christian faith and that we're just again we're going to be not gathering physically but gathering through this format to learn more about what it is to be a Christian and more about Jesus and his life and ministry. And we thank you for the fact that you sent your son on the cross to die for our sins because that is something that I always want to um, to remember when we pray. Just like when we take communion in church, that is our time to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us so that we can be reconciled back to God. And it is in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'm really excited over this next summer. It's going to be fantastic. So please join us every week for a brand new episode of the Beautiful Free Podcast. Until then, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.